1: The Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, January 25th, 2017, and I'm your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Brittany Garcia. Hey, everyone. Peter Velez.
2: Hi, everybody. How's it going? Jeffrey Aruz.
3: She's going to kill me right. She's going to
1: kill me. NTC.
4: Hey, everybody.
1: Let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 11, titled Dead or Alive, which aired January 31st, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Barry and Wally work together to bring down some baddies, and we once again get to see Wally basking in the glow of being Kid Flash. We also see H.R. narrating his own version of the story, which seems like just a bit of harmless daydreaming. But We find out H.R. has been rewriting the team's adventures, casting himself as the hero and sending them back to Earth-19. Unfortunately, dimensional travel is forbidden on Earth-19, so H.R. is ticking off the wrong people, one of whom shows up to arrest him. She is, of course, Gypsy, who we met last week. She has a very similar set of powers to Cisco, but has been using them a lot longer and is way more proficient. Rather than let Gypsy take HR home to face the music, which is a death penalty, Cisco challenges her to trial by combat, or maybe just drinks or maybe some Thai food. Gypsy's hot. Gypsy accepts, at least the battle to the death thing, not sure about her feelings on Thai food, so we see Sisko frantically training to try to up his game. He gets help from an unlikely source, Mr. Sunshine himself, Julian. Julian has analyzed Gypsy's technique and found a weak spot Sisko might be able to exploit. Gypsy and Vibe face off, and thanks to Julian's intel, Sisko gains the upper hand. We also find out Sisko's a lot more powerful than he's been letting on. Gypsy promises to let HR live, but he will have to tell everyone, or sorry, she will have to tell everyone he's dead, which means he can never go home again. Over on the B storyline, Iris is investigating a dangerous group of armed smugglers. She cons Wally into helping her out, but takes some big risks. Turns out Iris is worried that her life won't have meant anything, and she's going all Lois Lane to make her mark. In the end, she gets the story, Cisco almost gets the girl, and Barry gets an idea. He's going to train Wally to take down Savitar to save Iris in the future. What was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Peter, you're the newbie. Uh, why don't you start? What did you think of the episode?
2: I liked it. I didn't like it as much as uh, the the mid-season premiere but i think it kept the momentum going really well um, i'm liking this new uh, i feel like season three overall started a little downery but i feel like it's come back and it's positive uh the team's using science and friendship to stop bad guys and i love it i thought it was good
1: Brittany, what did you think
5: I have to agree with my fellow co-host here, Peter. I thought this episode was great. I feel like we're kind of going back to basics of what The Flash is. You know, I don't mind some downtime because I am, like, more of an Arrow fangirl and it's always, you know, dark in Star City. So when The Flash has some of that, I'm okay with it. I can rationalize it. But here, it was the focus was mainly on Cisco and, and some of HR, and I know HR is not really a fan favorite for some of the fandom, and I'm included in that, but uh, I thought this episode was really well done. We got a little bit of everything, and I think they made it fit so well in this episode, and I was just able to enjoy all of it. I had some laughs, I had we had some touching moments with Iris and Barry, and it wasn't over... You know, too overpowering, I can't, wow, I can't talk today. Um, So it was just a lot of good stuff, and I think because we know the main storyline of the second half and what we're supposed to do or our our heroes are supposed to do, it just makes sense. So I love this episode. It was great.
1: Okay, that's two positives. TC, do you want to buck the trend? Do you want to be your own person or do you want to give in to the groupthink?
4: Um I actually thought this this episode was better than the premiere to be honest with you. The premiere didn't really like I mean it was decent but it didn't, you know, really grab me. This episode it like like you said it it felt like it was returning back to the old Flash, you know, with fun and kind of, it wasn't as much of a bummer. We did get to focus a lot on Cisco and he got a lot of great quips in, which had me just rolling. I couldn't, (laughs) it was too much. And, you know, like, there were a lot of elements that I really, really enjoyed. And it did focus a little bit on HR, which I am not still a huge fan of, (laughs) but it, it brought him into the fold and it kind of like, gave him more of a presence and we and you know i mean there are a lot of things that weren't shocking like yeah of course he wasn't gonna return back to his old home but um i like the incorporation of gypsy so that was pretty cool so yeah and all in all great episode and
1: jeffrey rounding out the crew
3: i am on the hype train Uh, i guess all i have to do is just uh where's my mouse copy paste uh, because everything that everybody said is what i am feeling i I'm loving the lighter, sort of, like, back-to-basics tone of this half of the season. I mean, we kind of needed the, um, the more serious tone in the first half because of Flashpoint and the ramifications and people finding out and all that kind of stuff. But I love that we're finally back to, like, the old... Uh, vibe, uh, no pun intended, of uh, The Flash, where it's a little bit lighter, it's much more fun, uh, this really was an episode for Cisco and HR to shine, unlike my co-hosts, I'm kind of starting to like HR, which I'm really surprised, and uh, overall, just a really strong episode, and I loved everything Iris, uh, Candace Patton is fantastic, I'm, I'm loving what they're doing with the character, and that whole awkward scene... Uh, about we'll talk about it with joe and what joe was thinking like had me dying because it was fantastic
1: yeah i'll just weigh in to agree with everyone else i thought this was a tremendous episode uh and i agree with tc i think it may have been better than you know coming back uh from the midwinter hiatus it certainly seems to be a return to the style of flash that you know everyone loved or most of us loved anyway in the first season when it it you know allowed itself to be light and fun uh, and part of that, of course, was, you know, having the confidence to focus on your secondary characters, you know, giving, you know, Cisco the chance to run with the ball pretty much for the entire episode, uh, HR to a lesser extent, as well as, you know, uh, you know, Iris establishing herself. So I, I, I do hope it's something they continue to do. I mean, we've seen the, uh, the secondary characters, you know, get some arcs and stuff, but this was really nice to see Cisco try that as well as as we'll talk about when we talk about the episode, possibly planting some seeds for future episodes. But before we get into that thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us.
0: Like us on Facebook, facebook facebook.com/slash/TheCentralCityChronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, .tumblr TheCentralCityChronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions? suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio programs by visiting poppychula.radio.com/archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe.
1: Thanks, announcer. Let's start at the beginning. We got to see Barry and Wally really working together. It's obviously it's obvious that they've been training. It's obviously that they're learning, you know, how to work together as a pair. What did you guys think of the two speedsters together, Jeffrey? Let's start with you.
3: I thought they were awesome, as uh, everyone here besides our newbie should know I am on the team Kid Flash Hype Train I'm loving seeing Barry and Wally uh, work together as like a mentor mentee type of thing where Barry is is really like teaching Wally like the skills of the trade he's getting his sort of like Oliver Queen moment of when uh, Ollie sort of uh, was advising and, and, and being there for Uh, Barry, when he was starting off his flashness. So I I thought it was awesome. Wally is very different than Barry in style. Like, Wally really is, like, loving the limelight. And so he's kind of like the the millennial generation superhero. He, like, he'll take selfie. I hope that he's, like, um, you know, he does the whole, like, uh, vibrating his face thing. So it's not, like, a clear shot. Uh, you know, kind of like how Barry does um they haven't been using that effect, so I don't know if it's maybe the budget and what not that they're you know they're doing spectacular things with people that vibe and that kind of thing so they can't always show that effect, but I hope that he's like vibrating his face so that he's unrecognizable but uh i I think it's awesome i'm really enjoying seeing them work together and it's much better than the dynamic that uh barry and wally had before where barry really was like no wally you can't do that no wally and then wally sulks out the room so I, i like that they're working together and uh they make a great uh superhero duo
1: tc what were your thoughts when you saw the two speedsters working together I
4: I agree with Jeffrey. Uh, I'm starting to get on the whole Kid Flash team now. He's not nearly as aggravating or annoying as he was previously. And it may not have been entirely his fault. But here, I love seeing him work with Barry. I love, like, Barry's reaction to Wally and his excitement. I mean, there's no, like, you know, resentment or kind of, like, jealousy or any of that. Because, you know, Wally is getting faster. And it's like Barry's kind of looking at it as, like, you know, pride, you know, in, in his student. So I, I love that and they're working more as a partnership. I just don't want that to change.
1: It's also kind of nice uh, that, you know, Kid Flash still has that uh, that enthusiasm, that that sense of wonder that, you know, Barry had back in season one. Uh, it gives us a chance to look at, you know, having the superpowers, having the speed force, uh, you know, through new eyes. Uh, you know, a couple of times in the episode, he was talking about just how great it is. Uh, and it's nice for, you know, viewers to have that. Uh, Peter, what do you think about seeing uh, the two Flashes together?
2: Man, that opening move uh, against the car where Barry just tricks them into thinking it's just him, uh, and then swerves, and nope, Kid Flash is behind him the whole time. Uh, I love that, like superheroes using their powers and coming up with like clever little moves like that. Um, I love. I would. I'm, I can't wait to see like what other like cool little clever stuff they do uh, with that. And yeah, just uh, I agree with TC. I love that there's no real Barry sulking because. At least not yet, that Kid Flash is the one that's probably going to have to save the day. Uh, But Barry's okay with it, because as long as a day gets saved, that's what's important. And I do like also the fact that it does give, yeah, Barry that chance to grow into a mentorship role. Uh, We saw that also kind of uh, switched with Cisco and uh, this latest Wells, where sort of the mentor uh, is—the mentee has now become the mentor— because people are growing this is the third season this is old hat for them these are professionals now uh and i love it i love seeing these characters just be good at their jobs
1: and Brittany, anything you want to weigh in there
5: uh nothing not not really actually everybody kind of just said everything that i liked about it i mean the only thing i want to highlight is that i just I really love how they they've really established like who Wally is right now. I mean, yes, he's going to grow and we're going to see the evolution of Wally, but I like how because a lot of people are saying, you know, Wally feels like Season 1 Barry where Barry was all excited with his powers and he was really snarky and funny, but I feel like Barry's like a dorky kind of funny. And then Wally's just like really chill. You know, like he's in, he's really enjoying being a superhero. Like I don't know if I if I'm if I'm coming across like um in a clear a clear way with what I'm saying, but like how Wally was with the girls and taking the picture, you know, he's just being um that guy, and I just love that Barry's... You know what you know what, bro? Just go and soak it up, man. Just go, you know. It it's kind of like how Barry was very flirty with Iris when he was Flash and she didn't know yet. So it kind of just feels like that, you know. Although I miss Jesse and I want to see them again, but um just a. Great little opening. I can get used to this type of like episodes for Flash, where in the opening we're getting the getting the two of them working together, uh, like this. So yeah, just a great opening for the episode.
1: Uh, let's talk about Gypsy, uh, an unfortunately named character. As uh, many people consider Gypsy to be uh, an ethnic slur, understand that we're using this in the 1970s DC Comics uh, sense of the word. Um, and really, you know, because they completely changed the character, you know, uh, based on her, I don't know why they kept the character name because, you know, there was nothing about, uh, this character's powers that really related back to the original character who basically had invisibility. Um, but what did you guys think about Gypsy, either as a character or as a meta or as a possible love interest? Uh, Brittany, let's start with you.
5: Uh, I absolutely loved her. I am totally on board with her coming back as a fan favorite. I feel like we haven't had enough of that this season, and usually the ones that we did have um, in previous seasons end up being psycho or, you know, dying. So I I hope they keep her around. I mean, the last time Cisco had some kind of love interest- Oh no, actually, anytime he has a love interest, they just disappear. Um, I don't think that's Cisco's fault But um, Out of all the love interests he's had I feel like the most chemistry Was with Gypsy in this episode And the actress was gorgeous She and her chemistry With Cisco you know with Carlos It just it made sense it felt right It didn't feel forced at all And I think how um, With their powers being quite Similar it just I don't know, it's like they understood each other, you know, and then there's just that bonus of an attraction there. And uh, I feel like Cisco needs some kind of love there, you know, he needs a little bit of that. So I liked it, I liked her introduction, um, and her powers, and her character, like what she stood for, because she's like, she follows the law, but at the same time, she wasn't a bad guy in this episode, like, she wasn't a villain, she was just doing her job. You know, so it felt cool that they could talk to her and reason with her and she understood it. So it was just, it was really cool to see that type of um, character that our heroes had to go up against. So I liked her a lot and I hope we see her again this season and in later seasons.
1: TC, what did you think about Gypsy?
4: I loved her. I really did. I mean, the minute she came on scene with that attitude and the little quips and everything. I mean, even just I mean, forget like the love interest for a second because I mean, yeah, undeniable chemistry, but just her as a character, you know, on it itself. She was great. I mean, I I was totally on the Gypsy team, and then to see her interact with Cisco and to see like their chemistry and their, I mean, they're perfect. That's like I would consider her to be like the other half already, because they both have the same mentality, they both have the same powers and everything, and I mean, they they just make a cute couple. So hope to see her again.
1: Uh, Peter, what were your thoughts on Gypsy?
2: Ooh, my first disagreement with the panel.
1: Excited. <sighs> Uh, well, I... it was nice having you here. Cut his microphone. <laughs> Cut his microphone. Thanks, for No, me. Uh, no I, I
2: liked everything that was um, individual about uh, Gypsy. Like, I did like her attitude. I did like just sort of the way she carried herself. Uh, the bit where she has the two large duffel bags full of coffee ready to go back home. Like, that was a great bit. Um, but like Professor brought up earlier, she's just a com- she's a completely different character from uh, the comic. Her name is even sort of the opposite of what she's doing. Like gypsies are known for traveling wherever they want to go, and you know just being sort of free. Where she's doing literally the opposite. She is trying to get a free traveler to come home and stay home forever. Uh, also, that costume <laughs> had the we those like weird leather cups sort of around her boobs that i kind of just like kept staring at and was like what is what am, why why everyone else just has regular jackets um but yeah that's just me i guess
1: it could be part of her uh you know distraction attack because it clearly worked on uh on cisco uh jeffrey what were your thoughts on uh, uh gypsy
3: well uh, apparently peter is not on the hype train I'm on the hype train. I like Gypsy. I thought she was fun. The the chemistry that she had with uh Cisco was like ridiculous, redonculous. It, it was fantastic. I've seen the actress before. She was on Sleepy Hollow for an arc and she play she's playing a completely different type of character here on uh The Flash, which was which was nice to see. And uh, I just thought she was awesome. Uh, I don't follow the comics, so I, I, I had read that uh, invisibility was part of her powers. I wasn't sure if we were going to see that. Obviously not. Um, but uh, I, I thought uh, she was a great addition to the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing her back. Because we've got to see her go and get some Thai food with uh, Cisco, Even if we are a, a primitive earth
1: Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, the possibility of her coming back uh, to visit with Cisco. And, and, you know, they certainly hold that option open, right? Because she's someone who can effortlessly travel between worlds. Uh, So, you know, theoretically, she could be there for any reason. If, you know, Vibe is having trouble with his powers, something like that, she could be there as someone to talk to or just someone to pop over and visit, you know. It wouldn't be surprising to find out, like, four or five episodes from now, we find out that, you know, Cisco is, you know, popping off to another universe, so to speak, uh, to see his girlfriend on the sly. Although, given that she comes from a world in which, you know, interdimensional travel is frowned upon, uh, that might create uh, some tensions. But uh, this, you know, one thing, you know, I think all of us sort of brought out was, you know, it wasn't just Gypsy as a character, it was Gypsy and her interaction with Cisco, and this was... Uh, a very Cisco-centered episode. I liked, as I said before, the fact that the Flash writers are giving the rest of the team some screen time. What did everyone think about Cisco's arc in this episode? Peter, let's start with you. While you're so, still here. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, so at, at the beginning of Season 3, they angst up Cisco a lot. Um, you know, they killed off Dante off-screen. And they sort of put created that rift uh, between him, him and Barry. I can sort of see why to give, uh, you know... Uh, Carlos Valdez a little bit more range, so that he's not just the jokey guy in the cool t-shirts all the time. Uh, and I feel like they sort of kept a little bit of that. Like, there he does have that sort of odd relationship with HR, but it was explored in this episode, and it felt earned, as opposed to just sort of, like, cheap angst. Uh, I, I'm interested to sort of see him grow. I... Uh, I can't wait to see like what he's planning to do with Star Labs Museum, uh, and I hope we get to see him sort of grow into that kind of billionaire Cisco that we saw back in uh, the alternate universe.
1: Yeah, good point, I'd, all, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, Jeffrey, what were your thoughts about Cisco in this episode?
3: I thought it was awesome to see uh, sort of like the lighter side of Cisco again. I mean, I know that we've, we've been sort of seeing it ever since, um, the, the mega four series three part crossover, but it was great to see like Cisco be Cisco again, like Cisco, as much as, as we love all the characters on the flash, Cisco really is like a secondary character. I mean, the show is about the flash, Barry Allen, Barry's the star, um, you know, if if it would be all about Cisco, it would be called the Vibe, but that might be a very different kind of show. Um, right, Brittany? Yes. Yes. And so, uh, I was going for the dirty joke. Nobody got it. It's okay. Um, but uh, it, it was it was like. Fun and and lighthearted, and uh, you know Cisco is back to being Cisco like a hundred percent, and and he he does have that interesting relationship with HR, which I really liked seeing them explore, and uh, you know Julian is now part of the team, and so it was great to see his dynamic with Cisco and everyone else. It was just interesting to see. Like I I really feel like this was a, a very strong episode for Carlos Valdez, and uh, I, I loved seeing what their what they did with Cisco in this episode, and I'm curious to see what they do with him in future episodes. Because we sort of got the feeling after Flashpoint that Cisco did have, like, stronger powers... And that wasn't really ever explored again. Like, we've seen him do some, like, neat stuff that we hadn't seen him do pre-Flashpoint. So I'm glad that uh, Gypsy was the one that was like, Hey, you know, you're holding back your power. Like, you're m- much stronger than this. What are you doing? You know, I'm basically kicking your ass and that kind of stuff. So I- I'm glad that they brought on another Viber um, to... Like basically, not necessarily school Sisko, but like to make Sisko realize that he has uh, a greater potential in his vibeness.
1: Well, you you brought up an interesting point about Sisko uh, and, and a reveal that we got about him in this episode, which is that he's more powerful than he's letting on. Now, there's two ways of interpreting that. Either he knows on some level how powerful he could be and he's consciously holding back, or it's just that you know he hasn't practiced, he hasn't trained, he hasn't Developed his powers uh, as much as he might. What do you think the answer is, and what do you think this means going forward? Is that for me? Jeffrey? Oh, okay.
3: So So I think he hasn't practiced well. Let me remove the I think. He hasn't practiced. I mean, obviously, because we have this whole 24-hour practice uh, session that, that he had to do. So, I don't think he's been practicing. Like, he did some awesome stuff in the very beginning. Uh, like, in the... Like, post... Flashpoint. Before he was still not angry at Barry, um, but I, I don't think he really ever gets the chance to like go out in the field to really maybe hone his skills. Maybe it might be a conscious decision. You know, he likes being behind the desk, and he's really you know he he's not that. I don't want to say he's not that curious about uh, honing his skill, but like maybe he he doesn't really feel the the need to because we have Barry as the Flash and Wally as Kid Flash. So maybe it's some of that. Uh, I don't know. But I, I feel like now in particular, he's really going to be trying to hone his skills a little bit more.
1: TC, what do you think about Cisco in this episode and where do you think we'll be going forward with that?
4: Um, I thought it was great. We got to finally explore, you know, Cisco's abilities and the range of his abilities. I think there's a callback to when they were, when uh, Cisco, uh, Barry and Wells traveled back to Earth 2 and Cisco ran into evil Cisco, his alternative self. And that when evil Cisco told him, you know, you really have no idea what we can do. And he kind of vibed him. You know backwards and that I think that was like a hint to Cisco like wow this is what I'm capable of like I don't I can't just travel through worlds I can also do this stuff so they've been setting it up little by little ever since I think that point just to kind of like throw hints out there this is uh, this episode was great because it got to focus more on that and yeah there's a lot of places they can take it I don't see him going out in the field as much along with Barry and um, Wally Only because he kind of, I mean, he's the tech guy. I mean, yeah, he has these powers and abilities and, you know, he's not just this kind of like cardboard character. But at the same time, he still has his place, you know. And I mean, I can't really vision him being out there in the field with Barry and Wally because it is kind of like Barry's show. And I I mean, him being Vibe, I don't see him really kind of obstructing that.
1: And Brittany, what were your thoughts on Cisco and the future?
5: I thought Cisco did great this episode, and I'm one of those people that I like it when my characters and my favorite characters—I might add—that when they're when they are able to have a lot more going on with their character than you know just being the grumpy one or the funny one. I like them to go through stuff, and Cisco's had a hard time. We're not going to lie, this season a lot of uh, people have not been liking his little whininess and whatever, even if it came from a nice place, maybe they just didn't write it white, uh, write it right. Wow, that was really, poor choice of words. But, um, I've always been supportive of Cisco, and I love that in this episode we've kind of seen him return back to form, which is fine. I feel like he's come out stronger, um, at the end of the tunnel, and I really like that we, that we are with him in that we don't know the extent of his powers yet. Like, even when we saw Reverb uh, it looked really cool, but we're—it's like we're growing with him and with his powers and like with his training. So you know, we're only in the third season. He has a lot of room to grow, but I think this is the start of him going out in the field and exploring. Especially, I would like to see him training like Wally. I mean, they put Wally out there way before they put um, Cisco. So I just liked everything he did in this episode, and I liked that they gave him a whole day to train. But it ended up not being training, but more like outsmarting, um, you know, the villains. So I really like that uh, with Sisko because, I mean, that's what Barry does too with his own power. So he did well this episode. I'm proud of Sisko and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him for the rest of the season. But I do think it has to do with him getting out and uh, exploring his powers more.
1: Well, you made a good point there, which is that, you know, he triumphed because of something someone on the team spotted, you know, a weakness in uh, in Gypsy's technique. And surprise, that was, you know, Mr. Sunshine himself, Julian, who got to contribute mm-hmm. to the team uh, while remaining the life of the party. So they've now got another character who can, uh, you know, uh, deliver funny lines, albeit in a completely different style. Uh, but it wasn't just Julian who got to contribute. Uh, I was, uh, Actually, sorry, uh, can I know...
2: bring up something? I just want oh, sure, to say. Go.
1: Uh, I love that Julian
2: uh, is just like, I'm going to set up a training regiment for you. And he go, co- and then we cut to the training regiment, and it's just three cardboard cutouts of monsters.
1: I know, that was great. <laughs> well, we I didn't love... have a lot of time, to be fair.
2: Yeah, I love just Star Labs' like habit of doing low-tech solution to uh, very complicated problems. Like, oh, we got to recreate this crime scene. And build it with Legos.
1: That was another good one. Yeah. Why am I an astronaut?
3: <laughs> <laughs> good.
1: But it makes sense, you know, and, and one, you know, one criticism you can sometimes make of shows, you know, if you're looking at Supergirl, for example, you got the DEO where they would have holograms and, uh, you know, all sorts of, you know, danger room scenarios and stuff like that. At Star Labs, you know, they're, you know, a defunct organization hiding under a museum. They're, they're going to have to make do. I'm surprised they could afford uh, actual Lego and they didn't have to do it with blockos or anything like that. Um... Uh, Speaking of the funny scenes, though, one of the funniest uh, was when Iris uh, was trying to uh, put her uh, plot with Wally in place and had to distract Joe, her father. Uh, She's trying to distract him while Wally photographs some police evidence. What did everyone think about the scene between Iris and Joe? TC, let's start with you.
4: I thought that was great. I really did. And the first thing I thought about was Bart Allen. That was the first came to mind when she started kind of alluding to like, oh, well, we should expand the family. And Joe looks like he's about to keel over with a heart attack. And it was such like a cool little uh, daughter and father moment. And it, I just, I really love that. I really love that scene. But yeah, like, what, what do you think? You prefer cats and dogs? That was hilarious. Like, he's like, man, as long as it's not a kid, I'm happy.
1: Uh, Brittany, what were your thoughts?
5: I thought it was great. I think Joe is just so I just love Joe. I mean, we didn't get a lot of him this episode, but the the scenes that we did get him in were freaking hilarious. And I um when Iris was talking to him, I was like, "Iris, did you really not prepare something to say to talk to him and not look all nervous?" It's like she really she literally went to him and just talked to him on the spot, which made that conversation a lot funnier. So um, but I totally guessed that she was gonna go with a pet. As soon as she started talking about expanding the family, I was like, "Oh, she's gonna, she's gonna totally save it with a pet." And I just knew that Joe was gonna think of it differently. And oh, it was just, just fantastic. Just the writing, like that, is just like why I love the Flash. It's like a good little giggle or chuckle that you have there, especially with the way Joe is with Barry and Iris. He's like, "I like you guys together." But that sometimes don't talk to me about it. But sometimes it's okay. Like it's it's a little awkward, but it's funny, and I
1: like it. And a lot of that isn't just the writing; it's you know the delivery. You know the yes. uh, the uh, the actors all got to do a lot, and you know Iris, you know later in the uh, the episode, got to uh, you know uh, do something very different. Uh, before we get to that, um, Peter, what were your thoughts on uh, the Iris and Joe scene?
2: Oh, I agree with everybody. That scene was just perfect. Um... Exactly what I think we were all sort of talking about when we were saying, like, the classic Flash. Um, we're going to have an awkward conversation to distract from superheroing going on. Uh, everybody sells it. Candace Patton sells it. Jesse Martin sells it, as always. Great
1: scene. Although you'd think if anyone would be used to the sound of a speedster in the background by now, it would be Joe. You know, he'd just, you know, feel the wind move. It's like, Barry, Wally, who's that? Uh, Jeffrey, what did you think of the scene?
3: Yeah, I agree with everybody. I thought it was a fun scene. Uh, It was just beautifully done. I loved sort of like the setup to the scene in that uh, Iris had the idea, although it was very beneficial to her because of what she's trying to do, trying to get the scoop on this major story uh, of like going to Wally and saying like, hey, you know, pre... Because of Flashpoint, uh, pre-us going... Pre-Barry, like trying to return things back to normal, like we were a crime-fighting duo. Let's, you know... Fight crime together, and it was great seeing uh, uh, Iris with Wally. They have a great uh, brother and sisterly dynamic, and then like having this uh, plan that wasn't really a plan because Iris was kind of winging it uh, with Joe, and and seeing it, and like you know her not knowing how long to like continue on with this ruse because you could see it in her eyes because she kept on like trying to see when the file was going to come back was great to see as well because she was kind of like oh shit like do i prolong this can i can i stop now because it looks like you know dad's about to keel over
1: yeah, and again, kudos to both actors for for selling that scene so well. I mean, they they really made it come alive, and they really played up the humor. But later in the episode, uh, we get to see uh, you know a very different side of Iris. Uh, you know, she's taking some dangerous risks to get her story, basically daring a bad guy to shoot her because she's apparently so confident that because she dies in the future, she can't die now. What do you guys think about that whole scene, Jeffrey? Let's start with you.
3: Yeah, that was really strong, because, like, when she got all bold and uh, started approaching the the thug with the gun, with the, with the, with the, not just a gun, but, like, a, a futuristic tech gun, I was like, wow, like this guy is either going to shoot her instantly or he's going to be, like, freaked out that this, you know, person is approaching him with, like, a loaded, you know, while he has a loaded weapon and then they are weaponless. And, uh, obviously, it served as a bit of a distraction because he got all flustered, like, what the hell? And uh, it it gave Wally the chance to, like, you know, knock him out and, uh, you know, take the gun away from him and that kind of thing. But it, it... I guess it it leads to, like, some people feeling like if the future is fixed, then nothing you do between now and the future can affect the future. Whereas, like, Barry is like, you know, we need to make these changes now to affect the future. So it's interesting. Like, maybe they're both on different wavelengths as far as how they feel the future Will play out because she even stumbled uh, earlier when she was talking to Barry, you know, uh, about the future, and he and he like corrected her. He was like, "Hey, you know, it's it's not going to happen, so, so don't talk like that." So maybe she's feeling a certain kind of way, and she might feel like no matter what, you know, it's going to end up happening. Which, th- which, well, I'll, I'll, I just want to add a little P.S. to that, which makes me like everyone needs to tell Joe because if he a lot of the fandom feels like uh they are going to be able to change the future and that uh Iris won't die and maybe someone like Joe will die like Joe needs to know damn it like it's just so heartbreaking that uh like all this was going on with Iris and he was obviously pissed about what she was trying to do and like they could have easily explained it away but like hey she thinks she's gonna die anyway like so she's she's doing all these gutsy moves and this the other so they need to tell joe someone tell joe uh peter you're new send him an email
1: hashtag tell joe uh tc what did you think of that scene uh in the warehouse well, I got a
4: sense that, I mean, it goes back to what Iris was saying to Barry about how she, she felt she needed to do something while she was you know still around, uh, despite maybe dying in the future. I don't think so much if she knows exactly if she's going to die in the future or not. I think what that was about in the warehouse was that it was more important to her that she did something that mattered now rather than focusing on what was going to happen in the future i don't think it was so much the fear of not dying or dying there but it was her fear like she said of ending up like her mother of not doing something and you know that's actually really excellent because it it goes back to like where a lot of these i guess uh criticisms have gone about her character about how she does you know what is her contribution of the team what does she do she's just a love interest she's not like felicity or who has all these special gifts and she's always kind of had a little bit of that doubt herself on the show and i think it's brilliant now that it's kind of brought back to where you know i've been here this whole time and i you know i'm an i'm a journalist you don't you you guys forgot i'm an investigative journalist i i want to help people on the ground level and this is how i can do it and so here now that she knows you know she can possibly die i think that that persuasion is even furthered. the fact that you know i need to do something to contribute I'm not going to just sit here and wait to die or watch everyone around me, you know, contribute. And here I am just worrying. So I think that that motivated her more than dying in that scene it was just dying and not doing anything that mattered.
1: Um, and, and that raises, you know, an interesting point from the character going forward. Will we see more of this risky behavior on Iris's part? Uh, what do you think about that?
4: Uh, was that t- okay uh yeah you know i don't think she may not I, I mean i don't think she's gonna be taking that many risks as far as i think in that it was just to kind of make push a point of where she was and where her her mindset was um I, you know barry made a point where if you keep do, you know acting this way then joe is gonna find out and just you know it, it's true like I think at some point it's either you're going to end up either you know he's either going to end up finding out or you're just going to have to tell him but something's got to give because Joe ain't dumb you know he, he he can catch on pretty quick and he already senses there's something going on especially with his daughter so her behavior just may let the cat out of the bag without them even having to say anything
1: so Peter do you uh what did you think first about the uh the scene in the warehouse and secondly what do you think we'll be seeing with Iris's character going forward
2: Oh, I think I thought that scene was great. Like, Candace Patton's definitely putting that on her reel. Like, she's shopping that scene out to producers everywhere. It's like, put me in an action film. Put me in your next Oscar drama. Like, that, that she went to work that day. She's, I'm going to come in and act. Uh, that was a great scene, especially when she walks into the gun. Uh, so it's just point blank at her chest. Uh, fantastic. Uh, I do think though that she's gonna keep taking risks because Iris is. This has kind of always been her jam. Like she, uh, they even allude to it in part of the episode where Barry's like, "Yeah, you never really listened to me." She's like, mm, "Yeah, you're right. I kind of don't listen to you." Uh, you know, she's she's uh, she's the plucky reporter. She this is what she does. This is her contribution. Uh, so she's. I, I can see her definitely like just keep throwing herself into the deep end uh, because she does want to contribute at a, to stopping
1: her own death in her own way. And Brittany, what did you think of the scene? And what are your uh, feelings about Iris' character going forward?
5: I think I'm actually really happy with uh, where they're taking Iris. And actually, it's kind of predictable. I I felt that once she found out, she was not going to sulk and she was just going to actually do something. And not so much to contribute to her, you know, not dying in the future, but I meant something with her job. And it's also, I mean, I don't know if the fandom or any fandom is... You know, serious when they're like, well, our characters, you know, do they do they even have a job? Do they even go to work? It's like, why do you want them to film them at work when you would rather see the scenes of when they're taking down metas? Or something with the main plot instead of them at work, you know? But it's good to have an episode where we're reminded that, yes, they do go to work. And, yes, um, they're doing stuff. Like, I haven't seen Barry go to work in, like, I don't know how many episodes. So, you know, I it's just whatever. But I iris is a reporter and that means she's gonna want to be in the field and i think she took it a bit too far but i understood why and i like it though because i think to her you know because jeff was saying it earlier um i think to her she's kind of coming to uh an acceptance i think that it may not end well for her i think she's being a realist i think she's kind of You know, like, you know, I need to leave my mark here just in case. It doesn't matter how much Barry tells her, you know, I'm going to save you. I think she's just kind of, you know, well, the plan B is, you know, if you don't save me, I'm going to die. So I'm going to I want to do something worth it. Not just this story, but many more stories. But I do think that this is how Joe is going to find out. And it's not going to be pretty. And um, I'm torn. I'm torn between I want Joe to know, but I get why he shouldn't know. But it's going to suck if, you know, our theories about him being the one to die and he doesn't get to spend time with his kids like he should have or with Iris in particular. So, Uh you know, there's a lot of mixed feelings here, but I totally get both sides. But Joe, he's a detective, first of all. And remember, we talked about we had a whole episode about his instincts and his gut feelings. He's going to find out whether it's going to be like in his face, like, oh, my God. Or he's going to be investigating on his own and, like, watching his kids and just knowing that something's going on.
3: Just to correct you, though, Brittany, uh, Barry did go to work in this episode. Number one, he was on a crime scene. Oh, yeah. At Jitters. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, uh. Julian, like you know, busted up his little uh, conversation with uh, I think it was Cisco and Caitlin or Cisco and HR, and he was like, you know, Alan, we you know we need to get to work.
5: That's true. Well, that's because Julian's there and making him go.
3: Oh my gosh! Think, I don't think I, I ever saw Joe say, "Come on, Bear, we gotta go to work." I think it's Julian, like, "Come on, Alan, let's go." I tried to do a British accent there. It was close I, enough.
5: I, I, I half-assed it. I'm sorry. I just won't do it. But yeah, so.
1: So, let's move on to what...
3: I know, let's you know, get away from Brittany's British work. accent.
1: Oh, shut <laughs> yeah. up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I'm back. That was even right. worse. Um, so, visually, I think the uh, the highlight of the episode uh, was the fight between uh, Vibe and Gypsy. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, visually stunning and, and really showed, you know, Cisco using his powers, but, you know, uh, Cisco was able to maintain his character, you know, getting off some clever lines, uh, and, you know, there were all those great touches about, you know, the... Uh, Uh, The elements in the background, for example, the the different worlds they went to and everything like that. Uh, What did everyone think of that fight? Brittany, let's start with you, if if you promise not to do a British accent.
5: No promises. Wait, I don't know what I was going
3: to try to do there. Oh, gosh. Uh, This is going to be on Brittany's reel because she wants to uh, join the cast of The Crown, the (laughs) Netflix series.
5: I heard that that didn't get very good reviews. Even if it it's been winning anything.
3: awards, Brittany. Yeah. Don't you want to win a Golden Globe? No. Oh. I don't
5: think I deserve one. I
3: don't well, pre- I'll give don't one I'll give one games. to
5: TC. Yeah, you can do that. So, this fight. Oh my god. I I don't know how to I don't know. I feel like um these Wow, I don't know where I was going. My my brain totally blanked out. Okay, so
1: You're too busy focusing on your accent. Forget the accent. <laughs> Just speak from your heart. And while we're waiting for you to find your heart, TC, what did you think about the fight between... Uh,
3: the Golden Globe uh, winning
1: TC. The Golden Globe oh. winning TC. Golden Globe nominated. I mean, Oh, oh was, uh, wow. Uh, what did you think about the fight between uh, Gypsy and Vibe?
4: First off, not a Golden Globe. I'd rather have a BAFTA. It's more distinguished and Britishy. Oh, God. Really
3: <laughs> to, you
1: really have to
4: nail the accent for that one. Okay.
3: Brittany uh, will never win a BAFTA, though.
4: Okay, blokes. Well, <laughs> um, what what I think, I actually really, I mean, it, it took me aback. I was so shocked. I, I know everyone caught it when they uh, clipped into National City and ended up in, in uh, CatCo. That blew my mind. I was like, Oh my god, supergirl, Catco So that was hilarious. I just wish, you know, it'd be great if they had like the character from there rather than just, you know, stand by viewing it. But yeah, that
3: was She's cool. a character. She's um <laughs> she's uh James <laughs> Olsen's assistant. That was that's her <laughs> his actual assistant. Oh, let's well, She was the I one mean, that got, just... got that got banged by Monel in the copy room.
4: See how would I know I can't remember that. I mean hey, it'd be cool if maybe Monel walked by and was like, Whoop or, like, you know, James was like, huh, and dropped a paper? Like, what's going on? Like, I don't know. A little cameo would have been cool. But that was awesome. I did not expect that. They right plopped right into the office and then uh, ran back in the little portal and then popped into, like, I guess another world. And he said it was uh, – Cisco said it was Earth 2, but I don't remember Earth 2 looking like that. It looked more kind of like the apocalypse. I mean, it looked more y in the background rather than, you know, noirish Earth
3: world. 2 no, the, f- the first one was Earth 2 when oh, they were, like, the- on yeah. a rooftop –
4: Oh, okay. The, yeah, that that other cool.
3: one with the the lava that we don't know what that was, but it was interesting.
4: Yeah. Well, see, I was hoping actually with all of that after National City, I was hoping, oh, okay, are they gonna pop into like I don't know, uh, Star City or are we gonna see something cool like that? But no, we just you know it, it, we got the volcano. I mean that the volcano one was kind of like I don't know that was a little standard. It was it was a little cliche ish. I mean it's just you know. I don't know, but I like the National City one. I like the popping into other uh, alternate worlds and stuff. That was pretty cool. So, uh,
1: Peter, what were your thoughts on the fight?
2: Uh, I, I actually love that Attack of the Sith world. I was like, man, this is going to come back at some point because the Flash is real good with like paying off on little Easter eggs like that. Um, so I can't wait how they tie into that world because, boy, that... That sure was a blown up moon they had in the background. Like it was, moon was just blown up and red. That ooh, I can't wait to see how that ties in later yeah, on.
1: Yeah, I was, I was kind of wondering that myself. My first thought was, is that Apocalypse? But probably not. But yeah, it, it could be an Easter egg for something coming. Uh, Jeffrey, before we uh, take a try with uh, her nibs uh, for her opinion on the fight, what did you think?
3: Uh, well, I think she went to go pick up her BAFTA, maybe. That, that that's that's why <laughs> britney was stuttering but anyway um i enjoyed it i, I thought it was awesome uh, much like what everyone has said so far i loved that they hopped into different worlds and and the supergirl uh, quick little flash uh, oh look oh, that was funny um was awesome uh, and, uh, the Earth 2 thing in the beginning was, like, really cool, because I was like, hey, we're back at Earth 2. I really wish that they would have done another, uh, dimension jump to Earth 19, because now I'm, like, fascinated to see what Earth 19 looks like. Unfortunately, they didn't. They went to that, uh whatever that was but that was awesome and I completely agree with Peter like the Flash is really good at like dropping a little hint of something and then it pays off it might not pay off this season but maybe next season so that we can see what that earth was because I mean when did they tease uh Grodd and uh Gorilla City that was like back in season one and it feels like we're finally going to be getting some sort of payoff with that in the very near future so uh, as as uh, long as it takes I'm curious to revisit Earth uh, X whatever that was but I thought it was an awesome fight scene it was really interesting and I love how they incorporated the uh, different uh, uh, Earths that we've uh, seen thus far and uh, that we will be hopefully exploring in the future
1: and Dowager Duchess Brittany, have you rejoined us?
5: Yes, I am here. Will
1: you grace us your your acolytes with your wisdom on the fight scene? But of that, was,
3: that, <laughs> that was horrible.
1: Um, yeah,
5: so I'm pretty sure you guys probably nailed everything that I would probably say. I but I am going to say that the jumping of the worlds was great and I think it could only be done with these two characters. I mean, we're barely in season three, so so far so good. Um the Supergirl one was probably my favorite. And I was, and I feel kind of sad cuz we do have a podcast for Supergirl. You guys should check it out. Um and I didn't know who that girl was, but I'm going to assume an assistant or probably That's James's
3: assistant. Woman TC yeah, didn't recognize see- her either.
5: Yeah, we I don't see- <laughs> We don't see enough of her. We don't care about James.
3: She got yeah, banged James. by Monel on the copier. Oh yeah. That's the only yeah, way that I know her. I don't
1: think she's appeared since that episode. So. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm yes. was kind of forgetful
3: because I wasn't looking at her. She was on her. bed I was rest. At
5: Mon-El, so let's be I... honest. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so uh, that was really cool. And then you guys were talking about that world that we don't know, like Earth Volcano, Earth, <laughs> yes. um Earth, that that the Land of the Lost. I, ha- <laughs> I have no predictions. I have no idea what that is, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna go back to it someday or some season so that's exciting um at the end of the fight though uh I thought it was since they were saying you know fight to the death and they kept saying that I thought that it was going to end with him not tripping her you know outsmarting her but him like killing her so when he tripped her and they're like oh my god he won I'm like what she he didn't kill her what are you talking about yeah
3: I'm not gonna lie I felt the exact same way. I'm like, they kept on repeating fight to the death. And then when he tripped her, and then all of a sudden she was like, oh, okay, you bested me. I'm like, huh? like like, you're not dead
5: ground a million times like how did you not win from that i was like is this timed
3: or is this like a boxing match this is a timed match yes you know
5: like they're gonna judge you like you fell three times you lose like i don't know so i thought that was a little weak but i but like the end where he's like you know we don't do that here on our earth like that made sense too it was just weird how he won when it really he didn't i don't know how to explain it but I'll let it slide because I don't care. It's the Flash. A lot of things can happen that I don't. I'll let it pass. And it was nice. It was fine. It was very in character of our heroes anyway. So great fight. Probably one of my favorites of this season. And not just because Cisco's my favorite. It was just, it was really well done. You know, props to the, to the Flash production and CGI effects.
1: And it was kind of nice to see, like, we're so used to seeing, you know, two speedsters with the same power set going up against each other. It was neat to see, you know, two characters with a similar power set, you know, fighting each other who weren't using speed to do it. You know, it gave them a little more scope for creativity, uh, which, uh, you know, I quite enjoyed. Um, So in the end, uh, Gypsy's life is spared. No surprise there. Uh, She takes a, a couple of big bags of coffee and flits or flirts her way back home. But she didn't take a lifetime supply of coffee, so I can only assume we'll be seeing her come back. Uh, How long do you think it'll be until we see Gypsy come back, and are you looking forward to it? Jeffrey, let's start with you.
3: Well, I would be cheating. Um since oh, I, are you,
1: uh, yeah, are you okay well are
3: it's you, not in this spoiler edition but we in a previous spoiler e- edition we we discussed a mysterious woman who we did not know was gypsy at the time helping the team when a certain uh, gorilla <gasps> Returns. Ah, that was... So, yeah. so, uh, I- I'm excited for that. Um, as far as the coffee thing, I'm glad they explained the coffee. Because, like, all we've seen in previous episodes is HR, like, loving coffee and, like, drinking coffee all the time. Cappuccino, you want a cappuccino? Oh, I got two. Well, I'm have them myself. But nobody else wants them. It, it, now, it completely explains it. Uh, and I know they had, they, I do remember that they had mentioned the coffee drought or something like that before but I, I guess I didn't put two and two together but it wasn't until like Gypsy also became obsessed with the coffee that I'm like okay now it, it, it's all like coming back to me now and it's all making sense uh, I'm excited for her return I, I know it's gonna happen because i just mentioned it, but I'm excited to see what they're gonna do with her, and to see her relationship with uh, Cisco develop. Because that scene where she left and like it looked like they were about to kiss, and Cisco was really wanting to kiss, but she like totally teased him in the worst way was amazing.
1: Yeah, I thought I'd been left hanging in life, but man, what she did was next level. Um, if they're looking for a way, by the way, if the uh, assuming the Star City Museum doesn't take off, it seems to me they could make a fortune exporting coffee beans to Earth-19, because clearly those people will pay anything for a cup of joe. Um, Peter, what are you looking forward to when we uh, next see Gypsy? Uh,
2: just m- more badassness, honestly. Uh, I think she adds a cool dynamic to the team of just sort of, um, she's kind of another cop, uh, which we have had on the show, but she's, uh, a very, like, no-nonsense kind of cop, so I think that'll throw in a cool... As opposed to the
3: all-nonsense kind of cops that we have in, in Central City.
2: Yeah, yeah, these, uh, these cops, they're just like, ah, the, fla- the fast guys look at them. Uh, but yeah, no, I I, I can't. I, it's gonna be cool when she uh, shows up, and because I love uh, interdimensional shenanigans, so that's
1: guaranteed when she's around. And Brittany, what are you looking forward to when Gypsy makes her return?
5: An actual kiss, you know, like don't leave a brother hanging a second time. Um, but no, I think it's gonna be cool to see her work with the team and like maybe her teach. Um, um, I'm sorry, Cisco, some more moves. You know, I wouldn't mind him having some kind of like, you know, teacher student relationship. I mean, ooh, that makes it a little bit more fun for them. Um, I just feel like she has Leave a lot to teach Leave your fantasies offer. out of this. Never. Never. CW is full of fantasies um, and fan fiction to certain things. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> no, I think she has a lot to teach him and I think he could learn from her and it would just be so fun to see her work with the team and I, I think it'd be really interesting how she's allowed to come back when it's not for her job since we're since we're we're kind of assuming earth 19 is a uh, pretty pretty tight you know with security and apparently dimension hopping so i am excited to see her and if we are going to see her it's probably going to be in another couple episodes which i'm totally cool with uh so yeah i liked this episode and i can't wait to see her again
1: and TC, what are you hoping to see when uh, Gypsy makes her return?
4: Uh, more of the same, really. I mean, it, it'd be nice to get a little bit more background on her from her, you know, what, what's,
1: what she's like on her the world, other than just
4: being a cop, you know? Like, And also, like I would love, just like Brittany said, I'd like to see there being like a training thing where you see uh, her helping Cisco, you know, develop his powers and getting a better idea and a better scope on what all he can do. So that that's cool. Um, yeah, so more of the same, really.
3: Can I just say I, I feel your, like Gypsy really isn't a cop, she's more like a bounty hunter.
5: I was thinking the same thing.
2: Like yeah, like like I. a hotter
3: version of Dog, the bounty hunter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> With she leather does kind cups. Of, like, seem to hate the law Cause she does really just roll in the CC jitters and destroys the place. Uh, for a coin, for just like a, a one clue, she just levels the place.
1: At least we know that HR does leave tips, so we've uh, gained a valuable bit of evidence uh, about his character. Uh, Anyway, near almost at the end of the episode, Cisco uh, has a sort of, you know, heartwarming, you know, uh, warm, fuzzy moment. Uh, He explains that he saved HR as a way of balancing out the scales because he felt he owed uh, the other Harrison Wells' so much uh, because they were always there to help Cisco. So uh, HR asks Cisco to tell him about his doppelgangers. Now, was this just sort of a throwaway, warm, fuzzy moment to sort of wrap up the episode on a high note? Or do you think there might have been something significant? Uh, yes. as Peter was saying earlier, you know, Flash always, you know, uh, telegraphs these things well in advance. Because Cisco said to HR that maybe someday HR would save him. So what do you guys think about? Is that uh, tipping something that's going to come? Uh, Peter, let's start with you.
2: Look, I... I, I, I never really hated HR. I've enjoyed him. I think Tom Cavanaugh is great in the role. Again, it gives him legs. It gives him range to just sort of add another uh, layer of character. But don't trust Harrison Wells, man. No matter what dimension he's from, do not trust Harrison Wells. Oh, gosh. I, there, there was something in those eyes where like that, uh, that was being made where I'm just like, oh, no, you're not going to... St- you might not save him. I don't know. That just might be me trying to get ahead of the writers. But I was like, oh, man. I really hope H doesn't isn't the one to sort of, like, betray the team.
1: Uh, but it could happen. Well, somewhat relevant to that. Remember, you know, it was established early on when they were first meeting HR was his ability to basically manipulate people. You know, you know claim credit for other people's ideas, but come up with that killer suggestion. Did he just casually drop the whole trial by combat thing or... Did he say that, hoping one of them would step up uh, and protect him? Uh, But Jeffrey, I heard you in there uh, muttering uh, vague imprecations against uh, Peter as he was talking. Yes, hashtag hater. What are your expectations?
3: Well, yes, 100%. I feel like what we saw when Barry revisited the future and we saw HR on the roof with uh, a bit of, uh, I guess now maybe we could call it futuristic tech type rifle type of thing um maybe cisco's talk with him you know like you know maybe one day you'll be a hero too you'll be there for us or for me or whatever maybe that's what's going to inspire him to get on the roof uh, and uh i'm going to assume that he's not trying to take out Savitar by himself that it that at least at That moment in the future that maybe it's like this bigger plot scheme type of thing from the team where you know he's supposed to be up there maybe he's supposed to take a shot to distract savitar and then you know other stuff happens and that's how they're gonna quote unquote save iris in the future maybe
2: i did think of that this episode uh with all the teleportation stuff i'd be like boy it sure would be cool to have a teleporter when you're trying to get somewhere really fast, like to say, save your girlfriend from uh, being murdered. Uh, so I, I like this sort of idea of the more the more episodes uh, we get, the more people will be added to the little Lego set of uh, being like, all right, well, Cisco, you're going to be here. Wally's going to come in here. Uh, Caitlyn, you're going to be in the back. Like,
1: I, I, I'm excited. To Making that snow band,
3: cones. Sort of-
1: Yes, throw snow cones at them. Brittany, what do you think is going to happen with HR?
5: I am wondering if the formula for HR or any Harrison Wells is just, you know, a different one every season. Like, I'm wondering if that's what the formula is. Because I don't feel... No, actually, we haven't had uh, Harrison Wells that we've known from each season to stick... With us for the entire... Um, or for more than one season. Um, we did get some of Earth 2 earlier this season. But that was before HR. So um, I don't see him being here for long as far as this season goes. I So mean. It's really hard. It's not because I don't like him. I think he's fine now. Like At first he really freaking annoyed me. I did not... You know, but I mean, Tom Kavanaugh, he's just he's just, he's so charming. You know, you can't hate him, but you can hate his character. But I just HR didn't resonate well with me. I don't know how to explain it, even though they're writing him well right now. And you feel, and we feel like we've gotten to know him. He just I, I don't know. I mean, he made a joke earlier in the episode that, you know, um, he wouldn't die for any of them. And I, it, it's supposed oh, to sound funny, but to, me, I, but to me, I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe later. But honestly, I I don't know. He needs, he still needs to prove himself because we just proved or our heroes proved in this episode that they uh, will take a bullet for him. They're going to fight for him. But is he going to fight for them? Because I feel like he hasn't really contributed anything except the museum. And that's it. So, to me, I feel like he has a lot to prove. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, he's there in that vision. So, let's see what he does with it. I, I mean, that's just me, though. You know?
1: <laughs> Leave him okay, alone. You're getting some varied opinions on uh, HR. What do you think?
4: I'm going to go with Brittany on this. I did not like that character. It was just like, every time I see that stupid drumstick pulled out and he starts twirling it, I just want to throw something at the screen. Like, stop it, you hippie. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, I mean, he hasn't really, con- yeah, he has these great ideas. I still, I'm not, I, I'm not buying this whole Muse thing. I mean, yeah, they're working it in and yeah, he's got some great ideas. But the old like, Harrison Wells had like a purpose, like straight up, you know, he wasn't just the mentor, but he was the, the brain behind it all. And I mean, I love Julian. I wouldn't trade him for a second because he's awesome and we do need him. But I do, you know, I miss that performance of Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, like crafted that thing and it made me fall in love with Wells. This one is just every time I look at him I just think how much I want the old Wells back. <laughs> That's pretty much you know what? That's his contribution. When I look at him it makes me miss the old
5: Wells. <laughs> well, you know and, and to add to that Cisco kind of was like, you know, I saved you because you remind me of the, you know, the Wells I actually liked or even the <laughs> even the evil one in season 1. And so like I feel like I owe him and not you. So, you know like Oh, what was supposed to be heartwarming kind of came off as like, well, you know, you kind of look like him. So it's kind of like, you know, I I return the favor and hopefully, you know, down the line, you will too. It's just weird. It's a weird relationship. And I just it's it hasn't resonated with me, but I don't mind him. I don't think he deserves to die or anything. I just it's been like, what, 11 episodes and I don't care too much about him. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think he
4: deserves to die, but it's more of, like, if he did die, I mean, I'm not going to be crying.
3: (laughs) Well, I will agree with both of you in the sense that I'd rather him die than Iris or Joe. Yeah.
2: Did anyone else think it was weird that when Cisco's having the heart-to-heart, he's quoting the the first Wells, uh, like, very sincerely, and it's like, dude, he killed you once. (laughs) (laughs) He put his hand (laughs) in your chest Yeah,
1: he, he did seem to get over that, didn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, been so long for, ago. I was waiting for HR to call him on that because I feel like HR is really good at like calling people on their crap or just like saying the very very sensible thing in the room. Like he's always immediately like, "Oh no no no, we gotta tell Joe." Like I'm afraid of Joe. Like he's the one that's smart enough to be afraid of Joe. You know, that's like I th- I find him like the sensible kind of funny guy in the room. was just like, "Nah, let's not do that." Uh, but, so yeah, I
1: really wanted him to be like,
2: wait, didn't he kill you? Wasn't he bad?
1: Yeah, but he had style and he didn't walk around dressed like an aging hipster. So he had that going for him. He rolled Thank around you. dressed like an aging <laughs> Yes, it's
4: the drumstick, I'm telling you. Oh,
1: it's the drumstick, it's the vest, it's the pork pie hat. He's totally oh. aging hipster. Even the haircut, everything screams, uh, you know, I pay too much for a latte um so before we move on to spoiler territory was there anything else about the episode anyone wanted to mention uh
5: i just want to say uh i love having julian on the team i feel like um even though our group is growing and there's we're adding more people to the team it's like everyone has like their their own kind of like character and what they add to the team like um old or earth to wells was like really snarky dry humor and i feel like that's gone to uh To Julian while Cisco has remained like the meta references you know and like the audience view um and then HR just saying some random stuff that is quite funny I will admit he's he said some pretty funny stuff so I enjoyed having Julian I think he's a realist and his dry humor just makes it a lot more fun you know Barry's like I believe in you Cisco and Julian's like well that's not gonna do shit because he's gonna die you know it's just it's fantastic I enjoyed Julian and I'm so sad because I'm pretty sure he's going to die this season.
3: Oh my gosh.
5: don't oh, yeah, say that. Good. I love I know, I, <laughs> oh, I, love, I love you. <laughs> you but I'm also Brittany's
3: killing you them that. all. We're going to be down to like half the cast by look, the time she's I, I done I, talking.
5: Look, I understand this because he doesn't have any power. So they're not going to move him to Legends. He's just going to die. And if he's going to start dating Caitlyn, that's even more of a red flag that he's going to die.
2: Oh, uh, I really I like I, I see them going towards that. I'm just like please don't hook Caitlyn Snow up with yet another person that's just going to die.
5: Yeah. I agree, but they're probably gonna do it. You saw a lot of them together in this episode, just you know, talking and we need to work on your skills like all the time <laughs> every every scene. We need to work on your skills, so I don't know, but Yeah,
2: yeah every since ever since Christmas, I'm like, oh no, No, Caitlin, just stop dating.
1: (laughs) Well, can you imagine being on that first date with uh, Caitlyn? Tell me about your exes. Uh, Well, they all developed superpowers and died. Yep. How about you? Oh, you mean
3: I'm going to get superpowers?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That would be my thought. Well, it's certainly easier than exposing myself to radiation on a regular basis.
5: What if they don't even get to start a relationship because she turns into Killer Frost? Before it even happens. So there you go. And she kills and she's not gonna dies. be Killer Frost.
3: <laughs> she's gonna be called like the Frosty Queen or something. You know, Killer Frost. Nice. Nah, she's gonna be Killer Frost. That,
5: I love that TC. I, I totally am on board with that. I wouldn't. I could totally see her killing him. Oh, that's even that's better. I like that. Well, that's like totally a step up from
4: Jay because Jay started off evil, and then she started dating him, and then we found out he's evil. But with Julian, we already knew he used to be evil, but now he's good. So I mean, that's like kind of an improvement,
5: sort of. Kind. Of, yeah. Okay. But they still they still keep dying. But this time, she's gonna kill him. That's a that's a nice way to twist it. I like it. I'm on board with
1: that. R.I.P. Ronnie. Well, with those uh, confident predictions, uh, I think it's time to move on to Spoiler Town.
3: Fortunately, I'm here to confirm that they're all wrong. For now, no, I don't know. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert.
4: Spoiler alert.
3: Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com/slash The Central City Chronicle. There aren't that many spoilers this week, so let's just get into what I do have. First up it's the ratings. The Flash was viewed by 3.06 million total viewers with a 1.1 in the demo. It rose two-tenths from last week's series low. Over on EntertainmentWeekly.com, in their spoiler room section, we have a little bit of scoop on Gorilla Grodd. Here's how it reads. Gorilla Grodd will be wreaking havoc on Central City, and the two-parter will Will take place on both Earths, but Grod isn't the only familiar face that'll appear on Earth two the team will go to gorilla city executive producer aaron helbing reveals we'll see where grod was sent we'll see his standing amongst the other gorillas there are some sequences in the two episodes that are unbelievable they're epic and unbelievable in scale and scope i've never seen anything like it on television we also have some interesting information on the Flash Supergirl musical crossover event. Uh, CW star Rachel Bloom and uh, the team from Lala Land have uh, submitted music for the episode. This is uh, via tvline.com. Rachel Bloom, the co-creator and star of CW's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, has penned an original song for the big event. She tells BuzzFeed, uh, titled Super Friends, the song is a do- with uh, presumably a few meta jokes thrown in for good uh, measure between stars Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin. Additionally, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, the award-winning songwriting team behind La La Land's City of Stars, have penned the original song, Runnin' Home to You, to be performed by Gustin. Oh, I get it, the Flash. Runnin'. Explaining the impetus for her contribution, Bloom said in a statement, As soon as I heard that they were doing a musical crossover, I emailed CW President Mark Pedowitz, who connected me to Greg Berlani and Andrew Kreisberg. I immediately offered them my services. As soon as they picked one of my song ideas, I hopped on the phone with my old robot chicken boss, Tom Root. And, based on that brainstorm, I wrote the song Super Friends. I am so excited to contribute more to the upward trend that is musicals in television and film. Music can be one of the most amazing and efficient forms of storytelling and character development also it was really fun to write a comedy song for two superheroes both super friends and running home to you will be performed during the flash half of the crossover airing march 21st the crossover begins with supergirls march 20th episode just a reminder though it'll probably begin at the very tail end much like the uh invasion arc began uh with that mega crossover and as a TV line previously reported Glee's Darren Criss will be guest starring as the villainous music Meister cast members from both shows including Jesse L Martin Joe Victor Garber Dr. Stein John Barrowman Malcolm Merlin and uh, Jeremy Jordan when oh and Carlos Valdez Cisco are going to be singing in this musical crossover extravaganza and the only other bit of a spoilery scoop that I have is just a reminder so I want to go over the uh, future headlines that we saw in the mid-season premiere we have to remember that we have to change these headlines to change the future so the headlines include Music Meister gets six-figure book deal Luigi's opens after murder Joe West honored at City Hall Killer Frost still at large, Star Labs Museum closes, and City still recovering following guerrilla attack. So those are all the spoilers that I have for you. Professor X, back to you.
1: Well, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
0: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Central City Chronicle, and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thecentralcitychronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com.
1: Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night.
2: Good, good night, night, everyone.
1: Good night, everybody.
3: Bye, Central City.
2: Bye-bye.
1: <laughs> Was there an Australian who slipped in on that uh, call there right there? Just at the end, there's no. Like... I, I...
4: <laughs> no, I totally bit my tongue just now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and for <laughs> listeners, you've just learned the secret to doing a kick-ass Australian accent. Bite your tongue. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Papi Radio archives. Good night.